0: Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We'll start off with show notes today as usual. We have our Evening with Medium events coming up in August on the 24th, which is already sold out thanks to all of you. We do have December the 14th tickets on sale at the website buysarlo.com and we will be announcing our shows for 2019 in the coming, coming weeks, I guess. hmm We have personal sessions and gift certificates available for purchase. You can purchase them anywhere in the world and experience a session
1: anywhere in the world. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity and it is found on the website by sarlo.com and those are five mini shows, 10 minutes each and we produce those the first week of each month, Monday to Friday and typically those cover emotional intelligence toolkits and intuitive toolkits. Perfect. So let's jump into today's show. Well, we're going to start today, Kelly. Um, It's a couple of client stories. And I think they, they somewhat overlap. And the reason that I picked these is because I'm finding that most clients are coming in right now. And for quite a while for the last several months, with the same issue, whether they're in Canada, whether they're in the States, or Oh, my word, anywhere in the world. So I thought it was a good topic because I'm not just finding that it's a local thing to where we live here in North Bay, Ontario, Canada, that maybe that's just what's happening in our area, but this was something that I think is epidemic. So first story, a gentleman called in, just telephone strictly, no FaceTime, no Skype. He wanted his session to be based on future. So he would call it a psychic session. And it ended up being a life path. It ended up being his sole contract with himself and his purpose here on earth. And he just he delighted me in so many ways because he came with a different type of toolkit than the average person comes with. And I was going to say male and I didn't want to pick on men. That's why I paused and it sounded breaky there for a second. But he knows about the universal laws. And he does know that there are many. And he does take the time to study them and to try to figure them out in his life. So he is somebody that I would say, has some awareness, and some level of motivation, well, education, yeah, education and motivation, right? So he wanted to know about career. And this is how this all began. But what the spirit guides came back with in an I mean, really short order, first things out of my mouth was that he was actually sabotaging himself. And this didn't sit well with him because he's such a hard worker. So he's saying to me, I don't understand that kind of statement. And when I said to the spirit world, why doesn't he understand that? They replied back, well, because he works his ass off. And it's like, well, if he works his ass off, then how is he sabotaging? Because some people might think, That doesn't make sense to me either. I, on a very human day, sit here and think the same thing. (laughs) Today, case in point. Yeah. So he works on things like trying to know what she wants. And I know that's going to be where people go, Oh my God, another podcast about people pleasing. Kill me. But it is (laughs) because he's getting caught where he's trying to people please. So even though he understands different spiritual laws or universal laws he's still stuck in some patterns and i think it's worth pointing out because some people will think okay maybe that's me too
0: yeah and i think it's okay to point out that maybe you maybe you do understand the universal law of process when it comes to your work or when it comes
1: to your children but when it comes to your partner you've got it all backwards I'm going to point out a couple of examples so people can really listen to this and get their teeth into it. Mm -hmm. And this is what he kept saying, could you please help me with examples? And I love when clients say, yeah, give me examples, because they don't mean general, they don't mean about everybody else's life. They want me to be specific about what they're doing. If I'm talking to their spirit, what am I doing? And that's exactly what they said. So they pointed out one of his patterns. And they said, when you meet a woman, because that's his attraction as women, you skip process. You understand the law of process because you do certain things in careers where process is very much a part of your job. So if he's a construction worker, he absolutely understands that you have to lay a foundation in the house first. He totally gets that you before you lay the cement, you got to take all the water out, he gets it. So he's all about process in a work environment, in that regard. But in his personal life, when he meets a person, a woman, he skips steps in process. So he said to me, give me another example. And I said, Well, you'll have sex too quickly with somebody, you'll skip the process of are they trustworthy? Are they healthy? Are they mm-hmm. sexually healthy?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for pointing that out.
1: I don't even know if she's sexually healthy and he feels stressed in those relationships that if they str- if they want that too quickly in the relationship he won't deny it because he's afraid they're going to believe they're not attracted or that he's not attracted to them so they're going to move on so he's afraid that he might miss his partner he might miss something good if I don't give in so there's your people pleasing meaning that the people pleaser part of him is willing to skip steps in process, when he values process in relationships and other ways very much. But if somebody if a female is demanding, he drops it like a hot cake, because out of fear. So he said to me, well, that would be true. <laughs> I said, Okay, so that's a no no, because you're not taking the time to figure out if you actually even like this person. And I said, your second example is, is that you'll move in with a female Whoa. before you even know them well enough to figure out if they're batshit crazy or not. So he said, well, that'd be true, too, because I've moved in. And when a woman has said, let's move in together after so many months. And I said, months. Red flag. <laughs> yes. Did you know about Codependent No More by Melody Beattie? And he he just laughed at that. He said, "Um, I'm recording this. So later, I can go back and write down the name of this book and this author. Thank you. So he's aware he's listening during the whole session about the tools that are being given to him. And he's recording it and taking notes. But when I brought up the fact that the spirit, his spirit guides are saying that he jumps into the commitment in a relationship, the sex in a relationship, he sat back and went, Okay, I get it absolutely, I'm doing that. So as much as I'm aware that there is a law of process, and I get it when I'm at work, I get it when I've got to pay my bills, or when I've got to do other things in life, I think I'm really good at process. And sometimes even in my conversations with my partner, I think I'm really good at process because I think I check in with her, I, I try to do things that require slowing down and being in process. But you're correct. On other occasions within that same relationship, I'm a shit show. So he was able to see from even just those two examples in two aspects of relationships where he really doesn't get process, where he really doesn't understand it. We had a good conversation around that aspect because it's being driven by his fear of being alone, it's being driven by his fear of I'm a failure if I'm not in a relationship. So that came out in that part of the session of here's one of your fears. You think you're a failure if you're single. You look around a restaurant or at a waterfront or a theater. And if you see people in couples or groups, you think that they're more likable, they're more successful. And he said, yeah. I said, so when you see a single person in a restaurant by themselves, he says, oh, I get panicky.
0: like on their behalf yeah oh yeah I I see them and I think oh that must be nice
1: (laughs) that must be quiet (laughs) I think peaceful I think parents get this when they're married and they have children that are not behaving out in public and they see the single person Mm -hmm. with no kids and I think they can totally relate to this thinking lucky buggers (laughs) But he gets anxiety seeing it. So we had a cute little joke or laugh about that when I said that example about well, I think parents don't get it. They don't agree with you. They think about how nice it would be to have a meal all by themselves in peace and quiet. So when he listened to that, he thought, Okay, I can put my head there. So he we were learning during the session that if we took one of his thoughts and changed it with a different perspective. And he could see it from that perspective, that he could let go of the anxiety around it. So now he's got some homework. He's got to go out and actually practice that in a restaurant or at a movie theater when he sees a single person. He has to practice what he's thinking and notice if he reverts back to it. And if he's reverting back, then does that reflect that he's skipping processes again? Nice. Yeah, I thought that was really cool, Kelly, that they were giving him such practical tools that actually apply to his personal thoughts, his personal beliefs. Mm -hmm.
0: So when he walked away from that session, had you just discussed the universal law of process? Or did you get into different universal laws? Because that's how we opened up the story.
1: Yeah, no, that one led into the universal law of patterns then, because they explained to him that this wasn't something he was just doing in the current relationship but that he had done this with all prior relationships of significance.
0: Mm. And I think this is where we say in a lot of podcasts that friends and family can see those dynamics, that the face of the partner might change, the name of the partner might change, but the way that we go about conducting ourselves in each new relationship
1: mirrors the last one. And I think too, Kelly, it's why the people who love us or who are around us and see those patterns don't say anything to us.
0: Well, I think sometimes is why they get very angry with us and withdraw.
1: Yeah. Because if they're going to stand up and take the risk of pointing out our pattern, that, and we're not ready to see it yet, they typically shoot the messenger and they ghost on us. They disappear on us. And sometimes when people who love us disappear on us, we don't understand why. We think they're being mean. We don't see our pattern. So you're saying that we... As the saboteurs blame
0: the person pointing out our behaviors because we can't yet see it ourselves. Yes,
1: absolutely. And that at that point, there was a big long pause for like two, three minutes. And I said nothing because the spirit world simply said he's listening. Oh, nice. He's listening. Shut up, Karen. And I'm like, okay. I stayed completely silent. It can be awkward when you're doing a long-distance telephone call and there's nobody talking for two to three minutes. Mm -hmm. You can't see each other's faces. But the spirit world is saying, he's doing his work. Mind your business. Stay calm. And at the end of about three minutes, he said to me, thank you. He said, now I could list probably three or four names of people who I now understand how the relationship truly ended, not what I thought. So he's
0: not just... He's not just listening. He's reflecting and doing his homework in the session.
1: Yes. That's excellent. Oh, I, yeah, I don't even know how to say how my heart just opens for that person. How much compassion I can feel that he's working that hard. And when the spirit world is saying, sit, sit, just hold the energy. This is energy healing. This is what you're doing. This is part of when you give consent to energy healing in a session. It's okay to have silence. And I thought, wow, that's beautiful. I appreciate that the spirit world was telling me that. So that I'm simply holding the energy for him to do what he needs to do. And I remembered sitting in that thinking, I'm just going to put love there. No shaming, no judgment. I like that. To me, that's a relationship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's connecting. That's connectivity to another human being. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So you asked about the other spiritual laws. So now we got into patterns. Then another spiritual law that came up, I think for him, Kelly, was accountability. And when I said that, he went, Oh, <laughs> you could hear the wound. <laughs> oh. You could hear the suffering in it, like the oh my god, I think I get what she's going to say. <laughs> I think I know where this is going. And again, that's because he's actually doing his own work. I have to do less work because he's doing his half. Mm -hmm. So in that part, he said, okay, I know you're going to say things about accountability, but can I have a moment or two to think about it first? And I said, absolutely. So he's sitting there. And again, we went right into another couple of quiet moments. And he said, I know the law of accountability. And I thought, because... You know, I call my clients back. I'm accountable. I pay my bills. I'm accountable. He goes, I thought I was like a 10 out of 10 in accountability in my life. If I said to a friend, I'm going to help you move on the weekend, I'd be there to help them move and I'd bring the coffee. And he says, But you're talking about the fact that I'm not accountable to myself. I can be accountable for others, and I can even be accountable. And I don't know how to say this. I I hope I get this part right. Give me a sec. He says, I thought I was being accountable to the girlfriend by saying, I'll move in with you too early. I'm here in the relationship. I'm committed. I'm being accountable. But what you're saying is, I'm not being accountable to myself in the law of process of taking my time. And I'm like, perfect.
0: Yeah, which is beautiful. Because if you can explain or articulate that to a partner... This isn't a conversation about rejection when you say, I'm not moving in with you. It's no, this is outside of my needs at this point. I look forward to that milestone. It's something that we're working towards that I'm excited to get to. You can always express enthusiasm. Yeah. But you can communicate
1: that that's not where you're at. Yeah. And you can still say there's commitment. You can still say there's interest, there's attraction, you can still say there, here are the things there are monogamy. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I because I'm not having sex with you in the first six months, that I'm having sex with other women. It means that I'm sitting here going through the law process. Some people might listen to this show and say, what do you mean you meet somebody and don't have sex for six months? There's something freaking wrong with that. And it's like, I'd like to say. What do you mean you meet somebody and you have sex within the first six months? There's something wrong with that. Like you you can look at it from two different perspectives, depending on what you value.
0: And depending on how healthy both partners are.
1: Yes, totally. Another example in the law of process for this client was job related, because that was the original purpose of the call. It had to do with the fact that he applied for certain jobs, he got offered the jobs. Then when he was told what he was supposed to do within the jobs, he panicked and said he couldn't do it. He said he couldn't fulfill the obligations. So he said he wasn't the best person. So he resigned. He just walked away and said no. And I said, well, your spirit guides are saying that they saw within you certain qualities that they knew you could learn it. And he went, what? And I said, well, they see qualities in you where you showed the ability to learn something new, but you skipped the process of asking questions. And as a result, you sabotaged your ability to get into that job and discover who you could be and what you could learn, and how you could contribute when you went through a process. You didn't say, will a course be provided? Will training be provided? Can I check in with you and let you know when I'm ready? Because this is construction. He can't make mistakes, it could injure somebody. But you didn't bother checking in and saying, what is your process? What is your plan for me over a period of time? Could be months could even be years. He didn't do that. He panicked when he realized, oh, I'm supposed to be able to run this machine or do this particular thing. I can't do that. They mustn't have meant to hire me. I'm not taking this job. So he was sabotaging some of the things that the universe was putting out into his path, thinking, I can't do these things, instead of thinking, how can I get these things done? It was fun. It was fun for him. uh, Maybe I shouldn't say it was fun for him to learn all of this. That might be a big big leap there, Kelly. But I want to say that it was fun to hear him ponder things in a different way. Mm -hmm. To be able to sit back and say, wow, I think I've been doing things like this in interviews my whole life. Because that is a pattern for me. That if I can't do something and do it 100%, I don't want to do it. And I said, 100%? Everything? And he said, oh yeah, I'm all or nothing. Oh my god, I can't do my hair.
0: (laughs) That doesn't stop me from getting out of bed and going, you know, out into the day.
1: Yeah, but for some people... If they think that they have to be able to give 100% and I'm not going to be able to get to this job and give it 100% every day, I can't go, then sabotage. I can't take the job. And I'm pointing out the
0: funny example of being able to do my hair because if you look at the job needing to be 100%, where does that drive to do things to a perfectionist level stop? Mm -hmm. If I can't cook every meal and make it absolutely hundred percent flavorful I shouldn't cook
1: hmm.
0: if I can't be completely accessorized in my outfit I shouldn't be able to shop
1: hmm this is interesting Kelly because he did pick a career where he thought that the main purpose of the career was to help people achieve perfection he thought when I go to work if I don't do this perfectly this house won't be perfectly aligned. What What if something happens? What if it's my fault? What if when the next person comes along to lay the bricks and I didn't do the foundation right, and it's off by a quarter of an inch, they can't do it and it's my fault. So there was so much stress around law of perfection. Mm-hmm. So there's your last universal law. And he said, I'm not surprised you're bringing up this particular law because I do struggle with it. And I do know that I'm a person that needs to drive myself constantly. And if I can't, I just don't want to bother. And I said, Yeah, but that doesn't that cut off creativity? Doesn't that cut off playfulness, curiosity? Well, and you're talking about feeding depression. Mm -hmm. Which comes now in his life, because he feels that much stress at this age that he's looking for a job again which prompted the call. So he's saying, I want to know about careers, but not bringing up that there's a depression now that he's in this pattern. But it all came together. And he got some good tools for it, thought was real, were really good tools. So he got, you I won't repeat all of them. I know some people if they want to can go to Sips of Sanity and listen to some of those tools. I'm going to skip Really quickly into the second one because they kind of bridge. Because as we leave that one talking about that, this is this man's depression, and that now he understands some of these universal laws that can take him out of the depression, which is great when he starts realizing how to work those laws. The next one is this woman that came in and just simply asked the question, What's going on with my son? That's it. No age, no symptoms, nothing. Just what's going on? I have no idea if it's medical intuitive or what it is. But the first thing his spirit guide said to me is, she's asking about his behavior. She's asking about what she thinks is a sadness, a depression, and an anger all rolled together, which I guess really is a depression, right? And the spirit guides said to me that he simply had, I can't remember the term they called it, but he's comparing his life to the bigger picture of, and I don't don't know if there's a term for it, Kelly, but super rich. Oh my god, that's not bigger picture. That's an isolated picture. What a great way to say it. He thinks it's the average person's life now. Because every time he watches TV, movies, the homes are for millionaires. They're for billionaires. The average home is now 500000 or the $3 billion or the $3 million home. It's not people living in an apartment. Or people living well, modestly within their means, yes. And so he somehow has this idea that he has to make enough money or be as famous as, or have as many things as, or travel as much as all of these people that have it many, all. It all, yeah. So, and I don't know if there's a term these days in psychology or psychiatry for that type of depression. But I bet you it's a huge classification or a huge group that are now sitting in there where they feel paralyzed to be able to make a decision to go to school, to go to work each day. Well,
0: you're talking about making steps. Yeah. I think probably a lot of the viral sensations that happened created that feeling. Yeah. Yeah where people could be famous in 15 seconds on a show on TV, right? A contest. Yeah. yeah. And if I can't be that famous that fast,
1: then how, how do I even bother taking one step toward it? Right. And, and I think, you know, when some of those people maybe have done that, maybe like on YouTube type of thing, and they're an instant sensation, what are you calling vi- are you going viral? So say they go viral and all of a sudden they make it big. Is that really sustainable? But we don't always see the result that afterwards maybe it didn't for them. Oh, and we don't always see the practice either. Mm -hmm.
0: I think it's very easy to ignore when someone goes on a show and says, I've been singing since I was four or dancing since Mm -hmm. I was seven.
1: Yeah, we only see the moment that they're actually on the show.
0: Mm -hmm. And that people cry for them because
1: they're making it big. Yeah, it, it's um something that's paralyzing this particular young man.
0: Yeah, because we skip process or we don't film and
1: advertise process. Right. Yeah. I think really deep down athletes and musicians can really identify that, yep, I might be making it big at this point, but I still practice every night. I still practice with the band or the my coach on the weekends. Maybe sometimes we actually see a documentary of how much practice goes into it. And I think when we watch those types of shows, we really have to pay attention to process. Mm -hmm. And that process doesn't
0: exist in one area of an athlete's life, or one area of a musician's life.
1: Oh my god, yeah, because the the athlete has to be able to eat properly, sleep Sleep properly, properly, socialize and know their boundaries. Maybe not smoke, maybe, you know, not be able to drink with all their buddies. Like there are so many different aspects of that. But we we don't always understand all of those pieces. And like you say, every step of process. And so much now in our society is about skipping all of those processes to be able to get to the end goal and fast. Mm -hmm. So this mom could sit back and say to me that day, thank you. That helps me tremendously. And I said, Do you do you understand how you can go forward then and have different conversations with them? And she said, kind of, but are you going to help me? (laughs) And I said, Yeah, I think so. I think the spirit guide might like to give you a list of questions that might actually help break down process so that he can enjoy steps. So they we actually sat Kel, and wrote down some of the things that she could ask, and how she could pick one area of his life where he actually enjoys process because he does like sports. And she could break it down and say, what about the sport do you like? What about the practices do you like? What other aspects of this sport do you like? Well, I like when when they socialize mom, I like when we go out to Casey's afterwards. I like when the team gets, you know, they all pick each other up in the van. And we go together and we talk in the van on the way there, we talk on the way home, he could then break it down. And she could say, Oh, I get it. I could break down a process for him to explain how he likes every piece of it so that he could then translate that into other areas of his life and figure out, oh, I could enjoy one course. I might not enjoy them all. That's okay, particularly if I enjoy most of them, but understand I can't enjoy every single one of them. Just like I can't like all of my team members, I can like most of them.
0: Yeah, swallow that rule fast, because that's how life goes. Yeah. Uh, I like that you pointed out that the team gets together and goes to an event together. I know for myself that when I went through my year of university back here at Nipissing, the only part of my day that I enjoyed was the carpool with a friend up to school. Right, right. The classes were dull because of the year it was. And they were just mandatory things I needed to take. They weren't the of interest subjects. Mm-hmm. And so that was the step that got me through the day. Right. And we do need to hang on to those things sometimes for a year or years at a time so that we can get the certificate so that we can get the, the step or the foundation to get to the next level.
1: Well oh, Kelly, I think about illness and how much we can hate illness but that we have to go through a process because illness forces us to. So if I have cancer and I have to take chemo or radiation or natural supplements or whatever it is that I need to do, I might not like the process, but I want the end result. So I'm okay, I I won't say I'm okay to get through it, but, but I accept. I'm I'm going to accept it and get through it. And I'm going to have anxiety. But I'm still going to get through that too.
0: Well, and you're also talking about the universal law of action. If you're going to accept something, then you're also going to take action one step at a time.
1: I enjoyed both of those sessions because it really brought to light for me the importance of process in my own life. And the importance of self-evaluating and asking other people if I'm skipping it.
0: Because mm-hmm. I think even if your life doesn't parallel this in, in many ways, mm-hmm. if you walk out having listened to the messages that you just channeled, because as humans, we kind of get to hear a little bit of the messages in and out, you can think, okay, if I have felt unhappiness, if, if I have felt sadness or anger in the last little while, where might these lessons apply?
1: Mm-hmm
0: where might they maybe it is one more tool that you can just put in your back pocket for reflection at another point in time
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah it's good okay well if you have questions or comments about today's show you can email us at info at <laughs>